We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? It is Monday. It is February. It is the 15th of February, and I'm not Stevie TV well. I'm Grant Niebuhr. I'm Turk Ferguson, and this is the morning grind, guys. I'm taking over from today. Think you have Valentine's Day plans? I don't know. He's he's married. He's got, I think, Daytona today, so who knows what came up, but I'm taking care of it. I'll be hosting today, and I'm joined by Drizzy26. Dre, how you doing over there, buddy? What's going on, Grant? I'm doing pretty good. How's everything going for you tonight? Oh, good. good Valentine's Day when ate like 200 bucks worth of sushi, and oh. I'm getting ready for bed right after this. So, uh, yeah, I think things are definitely going pretty good. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm just ready for basketball. Games are still going on as we're recording this. I think they're about to finish soon, and I'm either going to make money or make a good amount of money or lose a little bit. Yeah, as as playing GBPs goes you you know how it is but yeah we got a nice little what seven game slate today I right, looked into it ready to dive in guys if you haven't checked out our sponsor monkey knife fight it is the fastest growing single player dfs site out there right now they have all sorts of games more or less is pick player versus player two out of threes three out of threes all sorts of stuff. Get signed on up over there using promo code GRINDERS, and I believe you get a free $50 deposit bonus on your first deposit there. So get signed up using pro GRINDERS and get to winning money over there. But we got a nice little seven-game slate. Let's get started here. First game on the slate, we got Chicago going up against Indy. We have a few injuries here, not a ton. Most of the same stuff we've seen. Levert is out. Markinen is out. Wendell Carter Jr., I believe, is questionable. 
Porter Jr. is out. Warren is out. McDermott is questionable, I believe. No, he, yes, he is questionable. So let's get started over here on the Chicago side. Same basic guys we've seen out for a while, but chance that Carter Jr. ends up coming back. Um, who are you looking at over on Chicago today? Uh, Chicago, I personally would target. Um, I, like, I like going with the couple of players um, from the team as far as like Kobe White, um, maybe a little Thomas Sadoransky off the bench, possibly Zach Levine. Two of those would be my main targets. It all really depends also too with the front for the front court with um, Wendell Carter. If Wendell Carter sits again, then I think you still gotta you can still probably get a little bit of GPP play out of um out of Williams too, possibly. But that's really all I would target um from Chicago from that because it's seven games late. So those are the only two few pieces I would attack from that side of the, of the game. Yeah, no, I mean I'm kind of there with you. I mean Levine has just been on such a tear lately. Over 20 shot attempts in, what, the last six games here. He's been crushing over 40 points in the last three. Price tag at 9.2K. It's getting up there a little bit, but still probably not high enough. He's just been on an absolute tear recently. Decent matchup versus Indy, who's obviously been a lot worse defensively this year than they have been in the past. So I'm right there with you, Levine. Um, White has been shooting quite a bit recently. Put up 20 shot attempts the other day when he just went absolutely crazy and put up 46 points, put up eight threes. But the production has been there. He just was a little bit off shooting prior to these last two games. And so now they're shooting pretty well from the field. He's been putting up the production. His price tag is 6.2K is probably right. But yeah, looking out for Wendell Collier Jr. If he ends up playing or not, then that could be a little bit increased minutes for Patrick Williams if he's still out there. And I think that you can get a little bit of value. He hasn't been done great lately, but shot attempts really just haven't been falling, shooting 200 from the field for the last three. So I kind of read there with you with the Chicago, both I think Levine and White are very much in play. What about over on the Indy side? I mean, Sabonis is Sabonis, and it's a good matchup going up against Chicago. One of the worst defensive teams in the league, one of the fastest-paced teams in the league. Like, obviously a matchup that we love every single time. Sabonis, more of a guy that we use for cash, but occasionally shows that 60-point ceiling. 9.1K is a little cheap. And then we got Brogdon. Is, is his price tag getting too low? He's 7.7K. Like, he's been like this for a few games, but he's been shooting – 35% from the field over the last three games. The shot attempts for the most part have been there. He just hasn't been producing because he hasn't shot the ball well. Is Brogdon too low priced in a beautiful matchup going up against Chicago? Um, I would say he's a little bit too low priced, but he's also at the perfect price at the same time. It's it's kind of difficult because, like, I think Chief said this, actually, Chief um, said this a couple uh, days ago last week, uh, that Brogdon did the same thing he did um, this year as he did last year when he started off to a great hot start and then cooled out a little bit um, and, and you know, was playing like not so, not so well throughout the rest of the season. Um, I've seen it's, it's kind of like the same trend now um, that's happening, even though he had a good game last game. But it, he's a good – definitely to me, he's definitely a good GPP play. Um, there's no disputing that. I would definitely target him a lot. Um, one other person that I really, really am trying to have more interest in um, after watching him play over the past couple of days and, and see how he's been doing this, TJ McConnell. Um, he's been surprisingly good um, in his past couple of games. And at 5,200, I know it's a little bit, it's a little bit high for him. Um, and I'm used to paying that much for TJ McConnell. But I think that there is a little bit of, um, you can get out of him to produce maybe another 30, 35 game, um, point game, um, fantasy point game from him. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. There's a little bit of a sticker shock there at 5.2K. Um, I mean, it's just, you don't really like paying that for McConnell. But yeah, 39 points in the last game, 31 points in the game before that. He's been getting 32 minutes over the last two games. It's a fantastic matchup. I'm right there with you, McConnell. I mean, I, I'm a little bit higher on Brogdon than you, I think. It just, I, I'm one of those guys that is, tends to buy more into like, all right, he's not shooting great. And he had that little stretch of games that were blowouts. And so he only played low points of all those game log watchers are going to see a 24 and a 38 and 18 where he got into foul trouble. I think he got injured. I can't remember what it was, but just like he's, if he's going to play high thirties minutes, which we'll see him do occasionally, he's going to put up 20 shot attempts. And if he gets hot, one of these nights is going to come in at low ownership. I think a matchup versus Chicago is definitely one that we will see him possibly putting up just a massive game here. So Brogdon, Brogdon, I think is one of my favorite GBP plays on the slate, but everything else kind of right there with you. Let's move on to the next game. We've got Houston going up against Washington. Obviously Washington, one of the best matches on the board. We've got a few injuries for Houston here. We'll start off with them. Wood is obviously still out. Oladipo is still out. Exum is out, but everyone else is in play here. Let's start off with them. Like, are we paying for Wall? Are we playing for Gordon? Knowing that he's been getting a little bit higher assist rate, he's been putting up a lot of shots. Are we playing Cousins at 6.2K? Like, it's a matchup versus Washington, and no one's priced over 7.5K that's playing in this game over for Houston. Is I don't understand what happened here, but is this just a clear mispricing on everyone? Yes, there is definitely for sure. I would with cousins. He's still been around six point two k. Granted, he hasn't produced in a couple games as far as a like a huge monster game, but it could come at this game too. Especially against Washington, who doesn't have a strong front court, and I think Washington honestly might be without Russell Westbrook because it's a back to back. And I know they were saying earlier in the year they didn't want to play him on, on any back to backs. So with that being with that going forward, I look for all the uses to go with them, and also with John Wall and and also um, Eric Gordon, who are two in phenomenal spots to me. Uh, Eric Gordon might have to be like might be the best kind of slay and be a lock button at 6,400. I, I think that's too cheap, especially in this type of matchup in an up-tempo pace game and a team that doesn't play any defense at all and, this, and, and going to possibly be with, without also Russell Westbrook. So with that being said, I definitely would target Eric Gordon for sure as my top overall pick from from them. Um, and then John Wall probably and Cousins as secondary pieces. But Cousins probably would be more so um, out of depending on how the center position shakes out with everyone else he might end up being one of the top players on the slate too. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, you don't have a better matchup on the board than Washington. And like, I know like Boogie is always a little bit of a worry because we don't know if he's going to get run the fourth. They just seem to not want to do that, but it's a match versus Washington. It's not like I got really anyone outside of Beal that's going to do anything on the offensive end. So he's not nearly the defensive liability that he is in other games. And it's a beautiful matchup. So he can get a ton done on the offensive end. Gordon right there with you, way too underpriced at 6,400. I know he's still more expensive than he's been pretty much all season long, but the usage has been there. The shot attempts has been there. Again, increased in the assist rate without Old Depot in the game. So he's definitely a great guy in wall. Like if he's going to get 35 minutes, if this game stays close, he crushes. Like, plus we don't want to forget. Uh, I think that is this the first game that they've played each other? No, this is the second game of the season, actually, that they play each other. This is the first game, though, for oh, yeah. John Wall back in Washington, though. So that might be some narrative that people might pick up and, and play him a lot more, too. I mean, I think they're just going to play him because it's a match versus Washington. It's 7,500. But 
the narrative is definitely something that makes me, I could see him get 35 plus minutes here, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, over on the other side, you already mentioned it. There's a chance that Westbrook is going to sit on a back-to-back. They've already said that he has not yet determined whether he's going to sit or not on the second end of a back-to-back, but he hasn't played all season long, so I'm assuming he's going to. We'll obviously change things a little bit if he doesn't, but right now we're just going to go under the assumption that he isn't. Uh, so we're assuming he's out, Bryant's out, H. Smith is out. Like Beal, 39.7% usage rate without Westbrook on the court this season. Like Beal is a fantastic play. Are you with me? Yes, Beal's to me probably he's, he's too cheap for his price and the upside that he could bring in this type of matchup by himself. Granted, Houston has been playing better defense and it's one of the better defenses over the league ever since they traded um, James Harden away. But it's still a perfect matchup for him because he has he has all the usage. He he should be taking he's gonna take at least probably twenty five shots. Hopefully gets the line a bit too. So he's definitely someone that you're gonna have to be and probably definitely one of the top overall plays and spend ups on the night. Yeah, 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 right there with you. I mean, it's just if what if both of them are in, I'm probably not using. I might use either of them. Like the price tags aren't terrible, but none of them stayed out as a great place. What about anyone else? So you're over on the Wizards, like Hashimura, we're using Bertans and GPPs, Neto without H. Smith and Westbrook in there. Like anyone else that you want to use from Washington? Um, if any, I mean, seven game state is kind of big, but if anything, it would probably be Bertans because the uptake in his minutes and the shots are going to eventually fall. So he would be someone I would consider and, and maybe a little bit of role Neto, but that's really about it. That's all I can see myself targeting from that side of the game yeah no i'm just kind of done with bertans like i keep waiting for the shots to fall and he's just not contributing that much i mean he did have eight rebounds at the last game shot terribly mm-hmm. and he can obviously catch fire at any given time but he just hasn't been shooting that great this season it's probably someone i'm just going to give up on for a while until he does get hot i mean i may miss out on that big wing night when he goes for 40 points but until then i'm, I'm fine just Rolling with Beal and just taking up all the usage there without Westbrook. But let's move on to the next game here. We got Atlanta going up against New York here. It's over in New York, over on the Atlanta side. Herter is out. Rondo is out. Snell is questionable. Bogdanovich is out. Dunn is out over on the New York side. Robinson, going to be out for a while, is out for this game. Nicolita out in Harper. I I believe he's questionable, but not really a big deal there. So let's start off with the Atlanta side here. Trey Young, Capella. John Collins, even her, been pretty good recently. It's a tough matchup versus New York. It just doesn't play at a big pace, decent defensively, keeps game. It's fairly low scoring almost every single time, but it's still Atlanta. Atlanta still likes to run at a decent pace, still a great matchup here. So over on the Atlanta side, like you using Trey Young, you using Capella, Collins, Herter, like with Beal being on the slate, it's kind of tough to fit both of them unless a whole lot of value ends up opening up. Like what's your interest level in the Atlanta players here? Um, this game is going to be hard to get interested in just because of the pace is going to be a lot slower, slower than um than anticipated. So I can only see myself probably get into like maybe Gallinari, um, possibly if anyone, um, maybe even John Collins to attack the front court a little bit, uh, and Capella since um the Knicks are down um and don't have Mitchell Robinson for a couple of weeks. So I like I like attacking them that way, um, and going about that um that route instead of playing the guards um more so in this matchup. Yeah, no, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, Trey Young's a guy that can always go out for a massive game at any given time, and he's been shooting a ton recently. Like, obviously, he's had two rough games in a row prior to that, like 50s and 60s almost every single game. 
Not a great matchup, though, so it's strictly just a tournament flyer if he's going to come in at really low ownership. But Capella, Capella is the guy that I want to use. I know they hasn't been playing a ton of ton recently. He's gotten into some foul trouble, and they just haven't been giving him a ton of run. That's a matchup versus New York. I'm guessing they'll put Collins over on Randall, and, and New York really doesn't have a whole bunch of like a whole bunch of big guys, and they don't really have a whole bunch of big guys outside of Randall that really are going to do too much on the offensive end. So Capella being a defensive liability isn't going to be as much of a thing without Robinson in there. So Capella is definitely the tournament guy one. I'm kind of right there with you. Don't really want to use Herter. Don't really want to use Collins too much. Gallinari. I, I just generally don't play him. And I mean, I know that he put up 30 in the last game, but his price tag at 4.9, I think, is about where it should be. He did shoot a lot in that last game, and I don't expect that to continue in a matchup versus New York where there's not going to be a ton of possessions. What about over on the other side there? Randall just keeps being Randall, playing a boatload of minutes. Like, are you taking any chance on this guard situation? Quickly put up a fantastic night. Um, but he shot seven for nine from the field and, like, only played 21 minutes. I, for me, I've been, I've been staying away from this guard rotation ever since D. Rose went over there. I think I'm going to do the same. It's pretty much every single night. It's the exact same thing. It's Randall or it's nothing for me over on New York. Yeah, I, I agree with 200%. Um, before the beginning of the season, I was playing with the Knicks, playing a lot of Knicks early in the year. It was more so Randall and R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. But um, now it's just down to where I can only play Randall because I know he's just going to be the one again, consistent running, consistent minutes. But even on this type of slate, um, you should still be able to get it to him, but it's still going to be hard with, the, with all the other games that we have going, um, going on around him, too. And the guard situation is just, is just too tricky. It's too much of a mess and too clock back there. Um, Thibodeau trying to get his guys, his, his Chicago Bulls guys to run and then also play some of, some of the other guys that they have existing there. So it, it's a mess until they maybe trade someone else away or do something or cut down the rotation. I can't see myself getting to it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one thing we know about Tip is he loves to play his guys for a boatload of minutes, and then he just goes mm-hmm. and decides, I'm going to have eight guards that I just want to give even time. But Randall, you know, he can play high 30s minutes. I don't understand it. I don't understand the Rose trade. I will continue to say that all season, and everyone's exactly on the same page. So, yeah, it's pretty much Randall or Bust, which Randall, 8.7K, probably not the best guy in that price range on the slate, but definitely a guy that's worth it in tournaments and a good matchup going up against Atlanta, kind of hoping on a. Feel not great game, or if Westbrook ends up playing, definitely gives an upgrade to potential playing Randall here. But let's move on to the next game here. we got Philly versus Utah. Utah obviously has been amazing recently, still without Conley. Over on Philly side, Milton is out, and Bede is questionable, which is some big news here. Obviously, without Bede on the floor, guy is playing like an MVP. And without him on the floor, big uptick in usage at like – we know that Simmons has a little bit of a downgrade. It's a tough matchup going up against Utah, who is basically one of the top teams in the league right now, maybe the top team in the league for the time being, even though long run is probably going to be the Lakers or the Clippers. But they've been playing fantastic recently. Without him being on the floor, like Harris, Curry, Danny Green, all these guys can end up with a big upgrade. Are we going to be playing Dwight Howard there at 3,600, which becomes the de facto chalk every single time? And seems to always screw me over anytime I end up playing him and anytime I don't, he ends up going off for a big game. So what Sixers are you looking for? What Sixers are you looking out for? If Embiid plays, is anyone still on your radar? Is Embiid still on your radar? Go ahead go ahead and let me know. Um, if Embiid is in, um, 
I would just have interest in probably just the main three. Um, Joel, actually, probably four because I would still play Seth Curry for tournaments. Um, but Joel Embiid, then, and Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, to me, is always a wild card to me because um, I, I feel like as the, if he goes, the team goes even further and has more upside. Um, obviously, because you know what Ben Simmons brings to the table um, and Joel Embiid. So Tobias Harris is that wild card for me who I always love to play in tournaments personally. Um, I think he's, even at a 7,300 price tag, he still can have that upside to score. And Ben Simmons also, he might be also in a really, really, really good matchup um, being that they don't have Conley, even though Utah's been playing great team defense um, um, as of lately and, and just been on a, a roll. Um, so that's what I would do um, with Embiid and with Embiid out, though. I would definitely – I don't want to play as a lot of uh, Dwight Howard. I would try to limit it down a little bit um, instead of going 100%. But it's hard not to at that price. And you just got to be worried about letting that, um, the letdown. But if he's in, he, he almost is a must play at that at that price of 3600 And then from there, you open up where, like I said, you got to go with more Tobias Harris. Um, definitely got to consider Danny Green more. Um, and Seth Curry, I, obviously, Maxi comes into play, and so does Ben Simmons. Um, obviously, more and more. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's basically what we've been talking. This is basically been the same scenario with Philly for a while. If Embiid's out, then you, if anyone their big three is out, then you kind of end up going with the other guys. Get a massive. Also, yeah, sorry. Also, Tony Bradley too. He he would be in play too. That's yeah, a good pivot off of off of Dwight. Yeah, yeah, pretty much every single time Dwight gets into trouble or he's just playing poorly. Anytime that Dwight is the de facto chalk, then Bradley makes a pretty decent pivot. I learned my lesson earlier on the season when I went all in on Howard. And, of course, Bradley ended up with one of his biggest games of the season. But, yeah, without Embiid in here, Ben Simmons, I, I generally don't play him without Embiid. Like, yes, he can put up a triple-double, and, yes, he should have an increase in usage, but it hasn't really been quite the same this year without Embiid on the floor. Um, Tobias Harris becomes a fantastic play. Absolutely love Seth Curry, guy that after COVID kind of had some conditioning issues, was not shooting the ball well, actually was shooting the ball terribly for a while. And this last few games, he's really putting it back together more, playing 27-plus minutes in four straight, 34-plus minutes in the last two straight, been putting up over 10 shots a game on average over the last four, been shooting the ball a whole lot better for a guy that was the top shooter percentage-wise in NBA history and this year was not doing great over the last four games shooting about 500 from beyond the arc and so Seth Curry is a guy that I like with or without Embiid I think that he's still a great play absolutely love him Harris and Simmons are two guys I'll probably be off and honestly with the other slightly cheaper guys Westbrook's out I don't know if I'm going to be on a ton of Embiid but yeah without Embiid everyone gets a massive upgrade with Embiid not as much so and I mostly probably just go with Curry over on the other side, Utah, Conley's out. Mitchell has been a little bit up and down. Clarkson's had some big games. Ingles have had some big games. Bogdanovich has had some big games. Gobert's had one or two big games. So without Conley on the floor, which which Utah guys are you chasing the most? Are you chasing those two big Mitchell games from a few games ago, or are you a little bit worried about the last two production? Um, I'm, I'm not worried about the production. Though. I would still have him, but I, I really like Clarkson. Clarkson, his price still to me, I mean, it's come up more on, on DraftKings than it is on FanDuel. On FanDuel, I think they only increased his price by like, I want to say 800, eight, 800 bucks, but it, though, though, he's still a good play. He's still going to see a lot of use with the second unit. I, I, 
I think he stands out to me as um, one of the better plays on the slate of the night. Um, Donovan Mitchell is going to bring up the ball, um, and that's going to be a great benefit benefit to the team. And his his assist rate is going to go up a lot more. Um, and obviously, um, Bogdanovich, it gets harder to play Bogdanovich right now because he's almost at the same price as Joe Ingles. Well, Joe Ingles, too. So I might want to go with a little bit of Joe Ingles because Bogdanovich is too scoring dependent for me um, to, from, from what I've seen and, and how I view him. Um, and then obviously you want to go target Gobert, um, especially if Joel is out. If Joel is out, Gobert should have a smash spot. I, I kind of – I'm – I always say I don't worry. I like I keep predicting blowouts because I do. Even today, I thought that OKC was going to lose to uh, Milwaukee, and that proved me completely wrong. So we all thought I'm that just gonna it was going to be a blowout, and then the yeah. thing, and OKC seems to have done that what four straight games. Yeah, exactly. So I would just I would just treat this as, as a close. It's going to be a close game, and I like Gobert a lot um, at a 7200 price range on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Gobert is probably my least favorite of the bunch without Conley in there. Like, I've been playing a bunch of Mitchell, and yes, he didn't do well the last two games, but it was a back-to-back. The first game, he shot terribly, going for six for 20. And at the beginning of that game, I think that he, like, first quarter and a half, he was at, like, I think six points, and they still ended up with 45 in that game. Last game against Miami, it just he just wasn't good peripheral stats, didn't get a whole lot of assists, shot the ball decent but not great. He's still getting a ton of usage. He's averaging over a 30% usage rate over the last four games without Conley in there. So Mitchell's definitely my favorite guy. And Ingles, Bogdanovich, both of these guys kind of run the point a little bit. They kind of use them that way. Both of them probably a little too underpriced, still at 6K. Clarkson, same thing. Gets massive usage off the bench here. So Gobert is, I think, my least favorite play, although I'm not going to argue with it, especially if Embiid is out. But Mitchell is by far my favorite play and the guy that I'll be end up using a bunch of. Um, next game, we've got Cleveland going up against Golden State. Uh, second end of a back-to-back. I don't think we have a whole lot of news. Kevin Love, obviously, still out. Nance is still out. Del Dova is still out. Drummond was rested, so I assume that he's going to get uh, the start this game. I'm not sure if they're, what they're going to do with everyone else right now, but let's kind of assume that everyone's in here. Um, so for Cleveland, like, maybe Jared Allen sits on the second end of a back-to-back. I don't know, but, like – I can't really trust Drummond and Allen's minutes. Both of them are in there. Are you using Drummond, like hoping for that 30-minute outing, especially against Golden State, which is just a beautiful spot for him? Um, Or are you kind of staying away from him and then are you using Sexton, Garland? Are you going back to Allen, anything like that? Um. I honestly, this this is one of, like, this is probably my second favorite game on a slate tonight. Um, I am going to have to play Drummond. I, I don't care. I, the price is too cheap for his upside. I know the minutes are just a little bit of a risk, but I know what he could do in this spot, especially um, especially against a team like Golden State. Um, and also depending on how Draymond Green, you know, him being questionable, which I think he will play tomorrow, but you, uh, you never know. So Drummond has, just has too much upside to not take that chance, take that risk on. Um, he would probably be the first person in my lineup. I love the guards. So I love Sexton and I love Garland um, tomorrow too a lot. Um, I think this is just going to be a fast-paced game, and those are definitely the three main targets I would have from that game. I can't see myself honestly going with anyone else. Maybe maybe you could take some shots on Tory and Prince in tournaments, but 
Um, for me, and, and maybe Jared Allen, depending, just in case if you want to play the if 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 Drummond gets in foul trouble game. Um, but other than that, those are my only targets I would have from the game or on that side of the game. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is mostly a stack or stay away. Um, if this game gets out of hand, like Drummond, the last two games he's played in, only up with it less than 20 minutes because the game's gotten out of hand re- really early, and they're like, no, we're not going to bother doing anything with him. If this game isn't going to be remotely close, they'd rather see what Allen does. They're probably trying to trade off Drummond. So I will play Drummond if I'm bringing it back with Curry or bringing it back with Draymond or bring, mm-hmm. bring it back with multiple guys. The price tag is way too low for his potential upside. And it's a perfect correlation spot. If this game stays close, I think that he does probably get into the low thirties, at least minutes range. Even if he get, ends up with high twenties, a match versus golden state without Wiseman in there is just absolutely beautiful. So drum is definitely going to look like, and look at and Sexton or Garland would be the obvious two guys go in there. Fast paced game, golden state, not great defensively, great spot for scoring here over on the other side. Yeah, what guys are you looking at over here for Golden State? I mean, Draymond has been playing pretty well recently. He's probable, so I'm assuming he's going to play. Playing pretty well recently. Oubre has shown some definite upside in recent games. Match versus Cleveland, not great, but not terrible. Everyone's kind of a little too underpriced, and Steph has just been, outside of that game versus Brooklyn, been crushing it on a nightly basis. What are, what are your favorite spots here over on Golden State side, and are you mostly using it as a stack spot? Yeah, I'm definitely going to use as a stack spot. I'm, I probably will get to it a lot, honestly, tomorrow. I, I love Steph Curry. Um, he's going to probably be one of my favorite plays of the slate, um, which might give me a little – which I know is going to differentiate, I think, a little bit in tournaments because everyone's going to be on Bradley Beal. So I like going with uh, Steph definitely a lot. Uh, then my second favorite warrior would probably be uh, – to on target would be um, Kelly Oubre or Draymond and Draymond Green, like 2A, 2A, 2B kind of thing. Uh, just because Draymond, if he plays, he's going to be able, he's going to play that center position. And we know when he plays that center position, he has more opportunities for assists, rebounds. Um, just so his overall game just improves. So I definitely like targeting him. Um, and Kelly Oubre, he's just, he's one of my favorite players in the league. So uh, I never have a problem playing Kelly Oubre any given night. I just love his upside, the way he plays. And he just goes after the ball and gets it. So um, I, I think on any given night, Kelly Oubre, he, he can have a 40-point game because the way he plays defense. Um, and this is also going to be a fast-paced game, which I see a lot of turnovers in, too. Yeah, what and about Wiggins Scott O'Anderson? He's, his price tag is all the way down to 4,500. I know his men's haven't been he's, great, but... Yeah, he's going to be... He's, gonna, he's like the fifth person I would I would play. Um, if I had to rank them all, um, he'd be the fifth person out of them. Um, it's just hard because um, I know he got pulled. Uh, was it the last game he got pulled or the game before that? I think it was the game before that where, where Kerr pulled him um, and then it started him in the second half and started um, – who's the other guy? Mulder in the second half of, the, um, of that game, yeah. um, I want to say. So it, he he's someone I would – I definitely want to get to in tournaments as a little bit of a um, – as a GPP play for a little bit of upside, especially for some salary relief. But um, he's not someone I'm going to probably heavily target, um, being that we, like I said, it's a seven-game slate. We still got some um, other games ahead that that could probably get some a um, little bit more value too. Yeah, yeah, kind of right there with you. Yeah, next game could potentially have a lot of value. We don't have a whole bunch of news. Obviously, Kawhi was late scratched. No, not that late, but scratched in this game for with a thigh bruise, I believe. Uh, Paul George, still don't know if he's going to play. My guess is that he's not going to play. 
second end of a back-to-back, so we just don't have news on the game. I think it's still going on right now. It's just about over, but uh, we'll start off with Miami first. Like, Drogic is out. Bradley's still out. Myers Leonard's still out. Silva's still out. And that's pretty much it. What guys are you looking at for over at Miami? I mean, you're going up against Clippers, but maybe without Kawhi and Paul George, obviously a bit worse for the defensive team. More of a chance of blowout here. Like Butler has been absolutely fantastic recently. None obviously going to get a whole bunch of run without Drogic in the game. Butler is just coming off his worst game in, what, a month? Um, but he's still, I think, a little bit too underpriced at 8 2. I mean, me personally, my favorite. By far my favorite spot in this game is Butler, um, depending, or at least over on the Miami side. You kind of there with me? Is there anyone else you're looking at? Yeah, I'm definitely there with you. Miami's personal probably is my favorite team in the NBA. Been that way from since 2006. Um, actually, 2003 when Wade first got there. But Jimmy Butler, he he's probably, honestly, he might be one of my favorite players on the slate now looking at this spot, regardless of the matchup. This is priced at 8,200. On DraftKings and then Bam too, he, he's at eighty three hundred. This might this could actually turn into like where you have like a mid range build kind of slate, a balanced build kind of slate, depending on how the news breaks. But definitely, I love those two um in um, in this matchup, especially against the Clippers. And we still don't know Kawhi's going to play or not. Tyler Hero, I love taking shots from in tournaments, and Kendrick Nunn also as well. Um, those are the only two options I would go with. Maybe I would go a little bit and dig a little little bit deeper into getting maybe Duncan Robinson um, as a possibility, but that's really about it. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, I think, like, I think Butler's probably my favorite play after coming off a little bad game, putting up 34 fantasy points after putting up close to 50 for weeks. Like, I still think he's too cheap at 8.2K. The problem is a lot of other guys that are on the slate, and there's the possibility of uh, blowout here, but Butler is really the only guy I want to go with. Over on the Clippers side, I mean – I mean, I, I don't think George plays. Are you kind of on the same play, page? Yeah, I definitely am on the same page. I mean, they say he's going to be out, what, two game the next, next two games, but that was – so he should technically be back here, but I don't think he will be. If he does If he does come back, I would be surprised. Um, to me, though, on, on this side of the game, this is not really I like much besides maybe Kawhi Leonard. Um, even if you're playing – even if you're playing, like, with – um. With with Kawhi with with Kawhi potentially being out, um, then you get then that's a whole other world where you get into having like Marcus Morris as value, uh, Nick Batum and everyone else. But other than that, I can't see myself playing anyone else. Not even um, Reggie Jackson has offered that much upside in my opinion, especially with Patrick Beverly being back now too and Lou Williams. He's been shooting a lot better lately, but is those minutes going to last and stay at that price? Because he's been having a little bit. Of, um, I guess I don't know what's been going on with him and the, and the coach there. So it seems like coaches want to play him by around 20 minutes normally, but he's been like up to about 26, 27 the past three or four games. So uh, it does, that's going to be a close team to watch uh, with the news and see how it breaks out. But if if Kawhi's in, I only want Kawhi. Um, um, if everyone else is, if he's out, then then I would just consider everyone else. Yeah, no, I'm kind of on the same page. If Kawhi's in, play Kawhi. If George is in, play George. If they're both out, then that's where you got to look at. Lou Williams is too cheap, considering he's been getting a bunch of run and playing pretty darn well recently. Morris obviously could end up getting a lot of run. There could be any number of other guys sitting or playing, but 
just all you really have to know is if Kawhi and George are both at the maximum Christ guy over on the Clippers that you can use at 6,400 and Lou will. So use the value there. Any one of these guys are probably drastically underpriced when you consider George or Kawhi being out and they didn't really have a chance to adjust it because I think they had the slate up by the time that Kawhi got ruled out here. So kind of play it by ear. Whoever's at playing, that's kind of where you do things. Listen to Grinders Live, listen to Crunch Time, get a little bit of insight there. But yeah, it's kind of just Kawhi's in, play Kawhi. If George is in, play George. If neither of them are in, play the other guys. And that's that's pretty much the end of it. It's pretty darn simple. Let's get to the last game tonight. we got Brooklyn going up against Sacramento. Sacramento on the second and back-to-back, so we don't know who's going to be playing. Bagley may or may not end up playing. He didn't play this last game. Fox, after being held out for a game, played today, so maybe he's not going to play on the second and back-to-back. But this is one, two of the worst defensive teams in the NBA and the, one of the fastest-paced teams in the NBA for Brooklyn. So fantastic matchups on both sides. Let's start over here with Brooklyn. Durant is out. Jordan is probable. All the other guys that are always out are out. Where are you looking at here? Harden, obviously, 10.71 is the most expensive guy on the slate, but he's James Harden against the worst defense in the league on the second end of back-to-back. Kyrie is 9K. Kyrie is Kyrie. Uh, are you playing using a lot of these two guys? Are you using any of the ancillary players and Joe Harris, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan? What's your plan for this game? Uh, for this game, yeah, that, that's, that's my that's, this is my favorite game on the slate um, next to the Golden State game. So I, I definitely love Harden, James Harden. He might be my second my my second favorite player on the slate behind Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, uh, just because Jimmy Butler of the prices, so he's too cheap, in my opinion. But James Harden, that triple double upside is, is still there. Um, he he's just in a in a smash spot. I expect this game to be competitive down to the wire. Um, then you got Kyrie Irving, who's definitely he's he's definitely a good play. Um, you just gotta hope he's you know there <laughs> and really wants to show up and play basketball to, um, that night. But I think he's still a good play. Joe Harris is he with Kevin Durant being out. Joe Harris to me is going to be um, an excellent play today, especially with Sacramento um, in the matchup. I, I love it. And then um, then yeah, Draymond Green. He I I like him today. Um, his price is at 4,500. He's he's going to be a value center. I think that he can definitely um, go off, especially in this spot. Um, I don't see no one really stopping that pick and roll with them. And Jeff Green, Jeff Green is always going to be you know in play for me, um, especially on that defensive end, especially with the way that Fox and them they love run pick and rolls. So I see, and they do turn the ball over a good amount um, with their three guards that they run with um, Tyrese uh, Fox and Buddy Hill. Yeah, yeah, kind of right there with you. Like my favorite play, Harden. He could go for 70 plus here. Um, just a perfect matchup. Triple double upside. Should be fast paced. Should be an incredibly high scoring game. I don't know what the total is for it right now, but I would probably hit the over on it. Um, after that, it's probably DeAndre Jordan, 4,500, a little bit too cheap. Decent way to get off the potential chalk in Dwight Howard. It's slightly more expensive. Because he only played 37 minutes in the last game, but will likely be there without Durant. So maybe need a little bit more side. I really like DeAndre Jordan. And then, yeah, Kyrie's next. And you can you can take shots, especially for game stacking on Joe Harris and Jeff Green. What about over on the Sacramento side? Again, we don't know if Bagley's going to end up playing. We don't have news. We don't know if someone else is going to be sitting. But as of this moment, let's kind of assume that everyone's playing. Who's your favorite plays over on Sacramento? Uh, obviously, De'Aaron Fox. 
Um, I, I just love. I think he's in a phenomenal position too. Like I said, his matchup, uh, Tyrese, regardless um, of the price, um, and also the matchup too is it's just excellent for him too. Um, along with Buddy Heal, those are like the top, top three. Well, top three on that side, and also to me, I think I don't know if he's gonna get a lot of ownership. Um, and I don't know if this is kind of a hot take, but I kind of do love Harrison Barnes tomorrow. Um. He's always, he's always playing high 30s minutes uh, in this matchup. It's going to be high pace. He's going to put up a lot of shots. He's going to have opportunities for a lot of rebounds, too. Um, so, I, 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 to me, Harrison Barnes is honestly probably like my favorite GPP play tomorrow um, just because of the matchup and what he brings. He plays the two. He can play the three. He can play the four. And he plays a little bit of five sometimes. And also, if Bagley's out, you got to watch out for Bielitsa, too, at, um, out of value who can definitely come in and, and shake things up too and help them out a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, if that goes out and be like, it could definitely end up being one of the better value plays on the slate. Um, but yeah, right there with you and Barnes, like like Barnes and Fox, I feel like are the plays here. Guys are going to shoot a boatload, have potential huge ceilings like Fox. We know I'm a little worried second in the back-to-back, like is he going to play after this little injury he's had? So kind of something to watch out for, but there you can pivot over to Kyrie Irving. So I'd probably probably have like things ready to change around. You also have the Clippers game, so you can pivot over Butler. You have the Cleveland Golden State game. So it's not like it's a standalone game here at eight. And you're going to be screwed if Fox is for some reason ruled out at the end of the night. But uh, Fox and Barnes are absolutely fantastic plays. Like Barnes hasn't been shooting the t- ball a ton in the last three games. Like he hasn't been shooting the ball great is kind of the reason why. Four for nine, three for nine, one for seven in the last three games. Or prior to that, he was playing a fantasy, 40 fantasy points per game, going 10 for 16, 7 for 17, 8 for 14. It's a fast-paced good or fast-paced matchup against a bad defense. So I think there's a perfect spot for him to come in, probably low ownership. I'm right there with you. I would say let's play the morning grind game, but it's Valentine's Day. We got we to gotta get back to what we were doing beforehand. So it's been fun, Dre. Any last-minute thoughts before we get out of here? Um, only thing I say is just, you know, um, plays into the news for the Clippers. Um, I would say definitely play a lot of, play a little bit of, um, decent amount of hands in bars and tournaments. I think he's going to be low on, um, and hopefully you guys can win some money tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, it's been fun. Happy Valentine's day. I hope you didn't spend it alone or if you did, you had fun anyways, because it's, 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 it's a good time regardless, but it's been fun. Dre, thanks for joining me. We're out of here. See you kids.